0: Com. If you like what we do, please leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. It helps get the show out there. Share this with your friends wherever you found it, whether it was Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, anywhere where you find fine podcast content. You can find Kyle and myself. Connect with us on social media at Longhorn Pod on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, the Longhorn Republic, or shoot us an email, Pod at gmail.com. My name is Gerald Goodridge. I'm your host this week like I am every week. And I'm joined by a man who's never had to fist fight his sources. Kyle Carpenter, Kyle, how are you?
1: <laughs> you know, um, you gotta have sources to fistify them. And, and I'm not making any accusations <laughs> here. Um, but you know, that's just shadow boxing, my friend. Um, here's the thing. I, I'm not one to cast shade on anyone in the industry who uh, has spent a lot of time doing this job. It's 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 uh, it's tough, right? It's it's tough in especially in the Texas environment when, you know, like fifteen people are constantly like competing to break the same story right it's it's uh you want to be so quick and and gerald and i are both capital day journalism students and uh <laughs> we understand that sometimes being first is not always uh not always best um if if in fact it is incorrect but that's not directed at any one person or anything that's just a, just a general you know your, your uh your monthly journalism update
0: kyle you and i have one source and you wouldn't fist fight him because he's got anywhere from four to five inches on you depending on who did your driver's license that that <laughs> year um but outside of that we don't have like we're not the ones to throw shade it's just this how, whole weekend how tall is Vince? L Quinney for the win So uh, this weekend was just such a weird Confluence of like up and down Well this person's reporting this And then it came out that this person was reporting that And it contradicts and the quarterbacks And the injuries and all of the all of the all of it was just exhausting this weekend. And we'll, that probably will come up again in uh, Bang the Drum at the end of the show. But we're not here to talk, well, we are here to talk about all the craziness that happened over the weekend. Uh, but specifically, we're going to talk about quarterbacks. Texas has a quarterback heading into the first week of game prep and game install for ULM. Texas is two weeks out from kickoff, so they are working actively on ulm and probably a little bam but that's okay so we'll talk about that sark gave some injury updates as well so we'll break that down we've got our linebacker preview today we are rapidly approaching the final of our position previews you can go back and listen to those throughout the last week what weeks and we'll close the show on obviously with some down the 40 and some bang the drum in a player availability this weekend the man, the myth, the legend himself, John Bianco, just walks in and drops the bomb and then walks away like a man who uh, just doesn't watch explosions because he's too cool for that. Walked in and said after a full day of sites reporting and conjecturing that Hudson Card was going to be the start of that, in fact... Quinn Ewers was going to be QB1 for Texas. Sark said uh, in his press address on Monday that he went to bed on Thursday night kind of knowing and feeling that Quinn was going to be the number one guy and so they wanted to have the starter named in place ahead of the final scrimmage and again ahead of the two weeks of game install so one guy can get all the snaps with the ones and so the man himself, Quinn Ewers, on August 14th of 2020, almost two years ago to the day uh, that he was named the starter, Quinn Ewers committed to the University of Texas under Tom Herman and Mike Yurcich as the offensive coordinator. He was named the starter at Texas August 19th of 2022, so literally, like, Two years and five days. Uh, he between that. Now in the in the two years between that, he decommitted from Texas, flipped to Ohio State, played injured in a championship game and lost to Westlake in the finals. Reclassified, skipped his senior year, enrolled in Ohio State as a seventeen-year-old. Like two weeks into camp, was like third or fourth string-ish. Played like four snaps in a garbage time game. Entered the transfer portal, flirted with Texas Tech, committed to Texas and enrolled in December. And now he is QB1 at the University of Texas, just like we thought it would be in August 14th of 2020. The wildest thing to me about this whole thing, Kyle, is that if we skipped all that stuff in the middle, we'd probably still end up at the same place. <laughs> but now we have just this weird, circuitous journey to get here. And so first question I want to ask is, like, Quinn is the guy for Texas. What does he bring to the offense that you like to see?
1: Well, I mean, I think simply... Put, right. Like a Steve Sarkisian offense wants to attack you on multiple levels. Right. He's going to attack you um, with a running game and a passing game that, that both, uh, you know, set the other up. Right. And it's an intermediate passing, quick hitting passing game. And of course, a, a big component is the deep passing game. And, and someone in the offseason made a, a video of just the kind of throws that, that Casey Thompson himself uh, who's not one of the two competing for a starting job this year, but uh, who who he missed uh, that probably looked like, you know, 21, 28, 35 extra points on the season that could have been one, two, three wins, right? Like it just the the inability to have that part of the offense is what, you know, The moment Quinn Ewers finally committed for the second time uh back to Texas like that's what everyone was hoping for right you saw one of the most prolific high school throwers um of the ball who could just from any slot any angle just kind of chuck it downfield 50 yards with with not a great deal of struggle right it's 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 Doesn't mean that just because you can throw it, you know, Kyle Bulger, I think, once threw it through a uprights from his knee and and got drafted off of it, right? Doesn't mean arm strength makes you, you know, elite. But the, the deep ball, the fact that he throws a deep ball, the fact that people who watch quarterbacks you know for a living and have done it for 20 years say it looks different coming out of his hand than any player his age we've seen Um, that upside that ability even if he's not perfect if it's not polished if there's still some things some comprehension the college football whatever limitations there might be I think the upside of simply just being able to heave it to take that top off the defense which creates running lanes for Bijan which creates you know underneath uh, for for tight ends and Whittington to do some of their work right like just that little bit of uncertainty where the safety always has to keep an eye out because he you know he's sees any of texas's speedsters for sure but let's use xavier worthy in this this case whatever it is right uh quinn ewers gives you that Uh, like without a doubt right just if you judge what he can do that is probably his greatest skill set now gerald i i i always hate to to put the quizzes on you to spring them on you but would you like would you care to guess um hudson card who again we i'm not here to knock Hudson card that's not my intention but you asked what does Quinn bring that Sark like do you care to fancy a guess on Hudson cards completion percentage on passes more than 20 yards last year
0: well I did watch that 90 second video of Xavier Worthy being over and under thrown on go routes last year so I'm venturing to guess probably somewhere in the range of like 25 to 30 percent would be my best guess you
1: are very close 23 percent Hudson card completed 23 percent um he had that I remember distinctly one good throw in West Virginia and it was so shocking because it caught someone in stride but um that element alone and then be honest Gerald like it didn't ever seem like this wasn't the likeliest case it almost would have had to be Hudson separating himself so much that the upside of Quinn didn't just you know lock it in get started and roll with the punches and and the the latest piece of of reporting that I I found this week um is and I don't know if you've ever heard of this dynamic at Texas before but apparently Quinn Ewers and Xavier Worthy are roommates Gerald um never heard it before I that may not
0: were their dad's roommates I
1: can only I can't not. necessarily confirm how many generations back that goes but the, it might just be pretty good fodder for the uh for the the commentators and uh in, in in an interview Xavier Worthy said um I think the interview came out eight or nine days before this news was broken so maybe x broke it but he uh he said in an interview I basically recruited him from Ohio State when he was in the quarter of in the portal to come be my quarterback. So, I mean that, that was before, I guess it was officially announced. That doesn't mean anything, right? He was talking about Quinn specifically. That doesn't say that Xavier worthy was the decider, but the fact that your best receiver is close. Roommates has a good relationship. They hang out outside of football. Um, That doesn't hurt, right? So if it, if it was truly a tie, just one more thing in the, uh, the Quinn column. (laughs) Nice.
0: That was a, that was a nice button to put on it. I think there are like three, three things in my mind that stick out is like, you and I have, have, we talked about it before that it seemed like the big differentiator going into the spring was that Quinn had the more, you know, raw talent upside. Hudson had the experience, the playbook, the knowledge, and one of those things, the gap can close. And it's the playbook knowledge. It's the offense knowledge. There's been reports that you were, was, was spent extra time this week with AJ Milwee and, and was spending extra time running drills and, and, you know, taking moments to learn this week. And like, that's how you close that gap. And again, not a shot at Hudson Card. You and I, have, Hudson Card was a top, well, basically a top fifty, right, right outside the top fifty. So like, he's not a schlub. And I think if he, if, you know, if he doesn't get a shot at Texas, wherever he ends up next, because he's going to transfer somewhere and he's going to be a really good quarterback, whoever that is, is going to be an, get incredible quarterback and get a ready made guy. Like he goes to a team that's like a quarterback away from a championship, and like they could be competing for a conference championship with him the in the fold. And, and this is not meant to be shots at Card because you and I are fans of his. But if you watch the 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 physical talents of of Quinn Ewers, once the playbook and the game knowledge and the game speed stuff, once that gap closed, it becomes a pretty easy decision, right? It's if it's if it's even, and you've got a young guy who needs to get some reps, you go with the young guy, right? If you've got a the guy who's been in the program for three four years and a young guy, and the gap's not that big, the young guy usually is the one that should get the call. And I think the point you made about Xavier Worthy. Your teammates are going to tell you a lot, a lot quicker who the starting quarterback is than the coach will. And go look at all of the player's social media, all of the outings of this summer. Go into Top Golf. Which quarterback was there? Quinn Hewers. Which quarterback was hanging out with the players? Which quarterback was rapping in the locker room? Like, and those things seem simple and don't seem like they should have much of an impact, but. You've got to have a quarterback that the guys are rallying around. And and again, the team is going to tell you earlier than the coaches do it. And again, you saw who was out there, who was visible with the team. And again, that's not going to win you football games, but it's going to build a camaraderie in the locker room. And, and I think and this is probably an oversimplification, but I think it all comes down. Like in my mind, I think about a third down, right? It's third down protections, breaking down game is on the line, right? which quarterback is going to do the thing that Steve Sarkeesian prefers because I think Hudson Card's preference and it's his natural tendency is to tuck it try to catch a first down with his feet live to fight another day which is fine right but I think in my mind and, and this may be you know whatever but I think in Sark's mind the quarterback that's going to test it downfield is the one that's probably going to be the one that gets the job and Fans need to be aware that you're going to be frustrated that Quinn Ewers is going to throw some screw it X's down there somewhere. Passes <laughs> a couple of times this year, like it's just going to happen. He's going to close his eyes, rear back, and just launch it because Xavier Worthy or Casey Kane or whoever Jordan Whittington is going to be down there somewhere. But that is seemingly what Sark's preference is from a quarterback is a guy who's going to test it downfield, the guy who can make the safeties play honest, the guys who can make the safeties play loose, and hopefully loosen some things up for B. John Robinson. Uh, and so. The, the other question I have with this, Kyle, is like, what do you hope to see from Quinn? And we talked about it a little bit, but also, do you think he finishes the season as QB1?
1: I mean, look, anytime you make a prediction, let's just assume that health is perfect and there's no injuries, right? Because that would be wonderful. And so yeah. we'll, we'll take that into uh, just a, a given, right? If, if he's completely healthy all year, then then I think, yes, I do think he finishes the season as QB1. I do think he, you know doesn't necessarily relent it i don't think sark wants to get into another you know i'm going to rotate my quarterbacks i think that was a bit out of necessity again there was some injury component to it as well um but we just with with you know two people necessarily not um executing and and just looking for someone who could who could be the hot hand and 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 make something happen right And, and uh it didn't necessarily work last year so i don't think he wants to go back to that. I don't think that's the Sark model, right? In fact, his his career up to this point would say that it isn't. Um, so what do I want to see from Quinn? I, I mean, I want to see exactly what you said, a quarterback who, you know, has the Ted Lasso goldfish uh, memory, right? <laughs> like you, you, you need to have a short memory. You're going to make some mistakes. Like you came from being the greatest Texas high school quarterback of all time, right? Like you had Kyler Murray... Uh, You know, or in rarefied air and, and you, you're you the, the greatest recruit, you know, of, of all time. Like you've we had someone on who was talking about how great an opponent was against him in a high school game. And it's like, well, yeah, Quinn was like 22 for 23 that game for 500 yards. <laughs> right. Like those stats, they'd be great, but that's not going to happen, it, especially as a freshman. It's just not going to happen. Right. Like if you hit. Sixty-five or seven, you know, sixty-eight percent of your, your your passes as a freshman, like that's that's okay, it's good. You're gonna miss some. You're gonna you're gonna have a receiver on a different read than you, and maybe it leads to an interception. Like things are gonna happen. You're gonna chuck some deep balls and they get picked off. Like it's gonna there's gonna be some lumps. Things are gonna happen. Your line might whiff on an assignment. You might get put on your keister. Like <laughs> how quickly does he bounce back? Right? Like you have the tools. He's got the talent now it's all a mental game it's all between the years now it's is he going to be able to bounce back when things don't go his way when he's not the prodigal son who you know everyone is is just watching in awe but he's actually has to grind he has to get out and work he has to uh be resilient and respond to adversity and pick his team up when you know they're down and they have a fourth quarter drive or something right like c- can he do that and can he do that this young, right? Like, so, what do I want to see from him? Is I want to see him take steps. I want to see him play within the playbook. I trust Sark and and trust his teammates. Um, and you know, make quick reads, get the ball to the your trusted playmakers, and don't try to do it all.
0: That's the advantage that, and what part of the reason why it makes it easier to go with the younger guy because you've got one of the best teammates that you could possibly have for a quarterback and that's a heisman caliber running right. back this is going to sound wild but one of the things i want to see from quinn this year is him being able to check down that is always my thing with young quarterbacks it's like you've got Bijan robinson who's going to be squirting out into the flats at some point or there's going to be a protection breakdown give the ball to Bijan and let him make somebody miss like that is something that i really anytime i see a young quarterbacks like are they going to try to go back to Southlake High School and be the best guy on the field and make all the plays themselves? Or are they going to take the easy pass when it's there? Are they going to throw it to Jatavian Sanders on a, you know, on a six yard out rather than trying to force it downfield to Xavier worthy. Or are you going to throw it to Bijan in the flats? Or are you going to toss it to Keelan when it needs to happen? That's one of the things that I really want to see uh, from Quinn Ewers in this. And again, I also want to see a kid who's willing to test it downfield. Those things seem diametrically opposed, but they're not, I, you know, he's got the arm. He's got the, the ball just pops out of his hand, like jumps out. It's the only way to describe it. Uh, and so like, put the ball in some spots where it's either going to be overthrown or X is going to run underneath it, right? Like that's, that's the things I want to see because that's what opens up the offense, especially in the Sarkeesian offense. You soften up everybody and then you've got Jordan Whittington running underneath or Savia and Red running underneath or Brennan Thompson. Hey, been hearing his name quite a bit in practice reports. Again, that kid is, was the fastest guy in the state last year. Like if you can create some space for him underneath, he's going to take one to the house. And so being able to connect on those, on those long balls or even just test them long is going Going to be kind of an unlock for the offense and so that for me is one of the things I want to see now on Monday Sark didn't just talk about quarterbacks also gave us some much needed injury updates uh, one of the other weird things from sources this weekend were uh, injuries and in statuses so uh, Kelvin Banks after leaving the scrimmage over the weekend uh, with a lower body lower leg injury will be back this week Cole Hudson the other young offensive lineman that's been making waves well uh, is already back so that's another big one uh, also we got news that Roshan John Troy Omieri and Jade Barron will all be back this week so Texas um, still not 100% obviously we're uh, mourning the losses of Junior Anguilau and Isaiah Nayor but it's not as bleak as it felt like a week ago I'm not still and I'm still not on the Texas is going to win 10 games train yet uh, but it doesn't feel as much like chicken little situation as it did seven days ago
1: yeah it it, when the when all the news comes out is just doom and gloom and someone's hurt and you don't know uh exactly you know how long it's going to be I think the original article one of the first articles I saw after uh practice reporter after the scrimmage was you know Kelvin Banks suffers lower lower body injury and it's like oh gosh and then you know it's like oh it it, he'll be back okay good um you know and and you don't want him to suffer any injuries but you know it it, if, if all of these things were the worst case it's like why why us and I have seen some uh some other schools some big names who are out for the year it's not just a texas thing right it's a football thing i know we're in that season where optimism is high and everyone's looking and it all works it's perfect okay this piece nair is gonna have um 63 catches and uh and you know and like you're 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 mapping out this perfect scenario and and you know it's football it just doesn't happen right injuries you know can really dictate entire seasons dynasties, championships uh when when you know they derail something right so um it's okay. i'm so glad we're getting these guys back it's it's not as serious right we're basically the two you mentioned plus alfred collins a little bit medium term uh, but if we can keep it to, to to that and not get any more fingers crossed till we you know actually get we're, we're getting close to single day countdowns right till we actually get uh to real football and then you know just let the chips fall where they may then i will be very very happy uh, i'm very sad for both of those guys who are missing the season but very happy if we can at least just limit let's let's no more no more big ones please
0: I guess it's good for next year, right? If those guys come back, but us another conversation for another day. Sure. Uh, so Texas, again, coming out of the second scrimmage, they're heading into game install. So they've got ULM in two weeks. We're Colt McCoy days away from kickoff as we record this, which is just exciting. 12 days. Colt McCoy, uh, one of the greatest of all time at the University of Texas, Levy Colt. Uh, but we will be back next week with another fall practice update. So continuing our position preview series, we talked about the... Defensive line. Last week, we've been going through these uh, each and every week, just picking a different position group. And and in this offense, you know they're running like a you know a three three five slash two four five ish scheme. So offensive line and defensive line, uh, the the waters are a little muddy. It's, again, you got a guy like Demarvin Overshown who's going to be playing a little bit of both. So, Kyle, there's not really a nice way to put this, but the linebacker group was a bit of a liability a year ago, um, especially when DeMarvian overshone was off the field. There was a significant talent drop off. Texas brings back, obviously, DeMarvian overshone We talked about him a bit last week because he'll factor into the picture at edge for Texas. But Jalen Ford, a kid who you and I really really enjoy he came on late last year only started four games but ended up i think near the top or at the top in tackles for loss uh for texas again a kid who i think has an opportunity to accelerate uh toward the top of the uh the pile for texas david benda guy who you and i have been waiting for to turn the corner for a couple years now. devin richardson uh, a transfer in from a year ago who also has an opportunity uh to play but i think the 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 big Addition for Texas is, is linebacker uh, Diamante Tucker Dorsey, DTD, as he's commonly called, transferred in from JMU. But if you've been paying attention to, to other practice reports, he's a guy whose name gets said a lot, and he's a guy whose name is out there a bit. And he's a reason why Texas is going to be able to change some of their defensive philosophy uh, and get demarvian and Overshot a little bit freed up to play closer to the edge. His, his emergence playing alongside Jalen Ford at that linebacker spot uh, is going to allow Texas to do some things at the linebacker spot that and on the the edge spots that they weren't able to do a year ago and and so as we think about texas and its ability to uh turn the corner defensively you know i was talking online about it earlier like if texas can just go from bad to average defensively there's an opportunity to pick up several games so what what are you hoping to see from the linebacker group that will help texas make that jump from from bad to average
1: well, there's a, a couple of reasons, I think, to be a little more optimistic here, right? Like, there is a slight change in philosophy to, to get, you know, your most probably dynamic playmaker on defense in different attack angles from the edge, right? He did a lot of his, his the course of his career as a linebacker, a lot of his work in kind of delayed blitzes. And, and PK scheme, you know, likes to, basically use the, the, the linemen to, to soak up blocks and send his, you know, hybrid edge and, and backers uh, from different angles. And, and, and I don't think that's going away, but it does seem like they're going to kind of move him around. And, and um, I, I think a lot of the upside of this group, right? Phil Steele called this the third best in the in the conference um, after OU and KSU. I think he had him like top 30 35 in the country. Um, so, you know, pretty, pretty high praise. I think a lot of that comes from the way people view DeMarvian Overshone and his upside. I think that's, there's a lot of, you know, quasi-knowns or unknowns um, in, in this room, and he's one of them, but I think he's maybe the most known entity. And again, his his upside has been touted for a long time. Um, there's a couple things that, that intrigue me there, right? Um, this is, it's hard to believe, right? Overshone is a fifth-year player. This is his first healthy offseason. This is his first full offseason that he got to go through. All the workouts really, you know, just run through as many reps the guy can get it at, at what you know still is a, a newer position for the former safety um and in the big thing he's going to play at a solid 230 this year versus 210 215 wherever he was kind of last year i think that's going to make a difference especially if he's going to have to you know take on some some blockers as he comes off the edge um it, but the biggest thing right and and don't, don't get me too excited, but, you know, PK met in the offseason with Dan Quinn to see about how the Cowboys deployed Rookie of the Year and First Team All-Pro Micah Pars- Parsons. I'm not saying, you know, he's going to have 25 sacks this year. Uh, but, you know, it's um, it, it's exciting to, to think about that, they feel like they can use him as a weapon we already talked about the line and what they can do but it really means that the other linebackers are letting him do that right because i think they put him in the middle last year a bit um kind of to use his athleticism to help in the, the pass coverage across the middle because of pk's scheme um and this was a test run right as, as pk moved from the west coast to the big 12 different conference and and brought his scheme you know i'm sure there's some tweaks you bring gary patterson in there's some tweaks they're figuring some things out but it it, it can't run if they don't think jalen ford and, and by all accounts it sounds like dtd might might you know very much be in that uh that mix as well but that those those guys are um making enough plays staying in the assignment football filling you know where they need to so that you can use a weapon like overshown but i mean i I, I don't want to sell this as a one-man unit, right? I think I think both you and I are very high on the potential, the upside, the get after it, the fly all overness, the you know like hustle your <laughs> butt offness uh, that you want from a linebacker and Jalen Ford, right? I, I talked about it in our line preview. I think Byron Murphy could be the best player on this defense at the end of the year. I think Jalen Ford might be the second best, or they might be alternating. Like it could be that those two players are the difference in this defense making that jump. I, I think you know I feel that that confident in the talent of of, of both if, if my third cut of, of Baron Sorrell works out and those three are the biggest guys then Potsdamas is a real thing but um no I mean I, I legitimately I think Jalen Ford is is um reason to be excited right not a kid who's like a big-time recruit from a big-time high school came into Texas and just nose down grinder got his chance and never gonna let it go right like he's not going to be off the field unless he takes himself off or, again, injury or something. So uh, I'm very excited for for both of those guys and kind of this whole unit. Ben, maybe Benda takes a step up. I mean, he's got those big looks. He's got good speed. He does good things. He just never puts it all together. Uh If he's your fourth linebacker and he's a good one, I mean, that, that's, that's a good unit. That's a good rotation.
0: I think having a good rotation has been the issue for Texas. And it seems weird that, like, Texas has a luxury of like three and a half guys that could be really good, but that's, you know, one and a half guys. More than they've had in years, in recent years past. And you and I have talked about it before. The state of Texas doesn't produce a ton of top tier linebackers. And so, you know, when a guy uh, like DeGabriel Floyd, who Texas went out west to get, who's a five star linebacker, isn't able to play for Texas, it creates this massive hole. And Texas has been digging out of that for a very long time. And so having multiple bodies saying, oh, is it going to be over? Is it going to be, you know, Ford and Tucker Dorsey with overshown playing closer to the line? Is it going to be, you know, whatever? Like even being able to have that conversation feels good. Talking about potential groupings and and again the Big Twelve, regardless of you know whether or not its status as the offensive league still intact, people are going to move the ball and you know the the defenses in uh, the Big Twelve are getting better and innovating to slow down those offenses. And so I'm curious to see what this two four five alignment looks like and who are the four linebackers ish on the field. Cause it's going to be a mix of the, the Jack and the buck guys. And it's going to be a mix of the linebackers. And so the alchemy that's going to happen and Gary Patterson coming in, hopefully to uh, allow some scaffolding underneath what PK is doing in this group. There's a ton of talent, you know, David Benda was a, was a great linebacker. Like there, there are guys on this team that, that have the talent, but are they going to be able to take that step up? Finally having the, cause again, a guy like, which well, Jalen Ford, for example, a guy like David Benda, this is the first time they've had the same defensive coordinator in back-to-back years. Yep. And, and you know, it, I was talking about it on Twitter, and DeMarvin Overshone's mom retweeted it, but, like, it's hard to ask a guy to develop if they're having to learn a new job every year. Mm-hmm. And so the second year in a system is generally where you see guys start to put it together because now they know what their job is. So then they can focus on being really good at their job. And that's why being able to create some continuity on the defense is important because, again, give them two, three years in the same system, that's when they start to really take those leaps forward. And it's been why Texas has had a lack of development because every couple of years you're bringing in a new coaching staff. And so the seniors don't get as big of development opportunities because – they've had to learn a new system every one and a half
1: years. Gerald, I, I have to ask, we have in the past been accused, especially around this time of season of, of, of being optimists. And, and, you know, I see this path. I, I talked about it myself. I hear you say it and I see a very clear path where, you know, a combination of Ford Overshone and whoever else is, is, you know, the third or fourth guy rotating in are all good players. I don't think we'll see a ton of Brock or Meyer, not, just because you know we've moved on a bit in the depth chart but he's also starting the year injured but um you know whoever it is that's out there like if there isn't a step up if there or or there is an injury to one of those kind of there's not a ton of depth here right there is an injury unfortunately or something can the defense if they improve in the other areas we talked about the line already we'll talk about defensive backfield can they take a step up if this unit doesn't like to me it feels like it's 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 part and parcel right you not that they are you know the only things that matter towards the development of this unit getting better but feels like if if this if they don't take a step up then then texas defense can't
0: yeah and you know texas was In the low 60s, the high 60s, uh, in sack rate defensively last year, they were, they got a sack on like six and a half or seven percent of the time, and a lot of that has to do with the linebackers not producing. A lot of that has to do with linebackers not being able to catch an edge and, and and take down a quarterback when he's flushed out. And I think for, I don't need the defense. Texas doesn't need the defense to be 2021 Georgia. That's not what Texas needs to, to make the strides that they need this offseason. Texas needs to go from 7th to 5th in tackles for loss in the conference <laughs> texas needs to go from seventh to fifth for ta- for sacks in the conference like that's all texas needs to do to take the steps forward because you and i are you know we are naturally optimistic guys but neither of us are expecting that meteoric rise we're not expecting quinn ewers to come in and be joe burrow in year one we're not expecting texas to have the guys like lsu had all over the field God, people on there too deep were getting drafted like second string guys got drafted on that team they were so stinking good Uh, but like to to go from five and seven to eight and four which is exactly what this program needs to do we don't need the defense to be world beaters we don't need the defense to hold people to 12 points like like georgia was doing a year ago we just need them to hold to like 35 points 28 points like four touchdowns is not a whole lot to ask
1: i'll throw one more piece of not pessimism but just just interesting thought right that the early 2010s were defined by the, the, the spread offense coming in and, and going crazy. And Gary Patterson gets a lot of credit because he figured it out first, how to make, you know, nickel your base package, and people have innovated on it. Um, but the other guy who was doing it, and there's I think, at least three or four seasons in the in the first half of this decade was Pete Kukowski. Like, there were many years that they were one and two in team defense, right? Like, we don't even need a Pete Kukowski Washington defense or – Even with Boise State defenses, we're we're pretty good for a while there. Um, Like we don't need his best year defense, which carries the team. I think you're right. Um, But is there is there any like, maybe I'm projecting here. Is there any thought that these guys are like Patterson doesn't has a terrible taste in his mouth right after what happened and, and wants to show the game hasn't passed him by he's you know a legend for a reason and Pete Kwakowski favorite coordinator's favorite coordinator like uh, a guy who who truly (laughs) was innovating and doing things at a time that that people have taken a lot of his concepts like he probably wants to think I still have tricks up my sleeve and I can do this with you know uh, the the big 12 kind of style of offenses and and with some some big time recruits like bigger probably than you were getting at Washington at any given time Um, I, I think they both have something to Prove, And I, I'm not going to say that I think the game has passed either of them by. I really, truly don't believe that. But I, I think that both of them want to sh- want to show that. Right. And I think um, both of them have a have an eye for the whole defense, but certainly the what you do with these hybrid kind of linebacker positions to both stop passes, stop the run, get pressure. I, like, I don't know, maybe maybe that's where a little bit of the optimism comes from. Maybe it stems from you're putting two of the best defensive football minds of the past 15 years right like you just any one of those years in the 2000s just blind pull someone you get gary patterson and, and pete kukowski is like two of your first five answers um for for just absolute coldest dudes especially um you know with with kind of the the nickel um defenses that they were the, the first to do with a, with a we'll talk in our defensive backfield but with a, a fifth guy on the field in most downs um in that area so as the Big 12 evolves, uh, I, I think we see a wrinkle that those two very, very smart defensive guys have been cooking up, and um, whether that's the overshown piece of it or, or just you know a little slight evolution uh, of the the hybrid edge backer, Jack uh, or, or Buck, and 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 dime backer and X back that, that that he deploys. Like it, maybe there's a little bit of a schematic revolution this year and obviously we don't have that insider information but we'll, we'll find out pretty quickly right like i it's year two for him in the big 12 he's he's taken a punch in the gut maybe in the mouth and and i i have to think even though he's not a man of words that Kukowski's always been a man of action i have to think like he's gonna he's gonna have something that he's pushing to to take at least it can't be backward your heels are dug in you can only go forward
0: I hope we get a back against the wall year from Pete Kwiatkowski because you know the in message boards fire coordinators all the time, so <laughs> sure. but like a, a a coach who. Again, like you mentioned, is somebody who's who's highly regarded in the in the uh, in the industry and a, a guy who's highly regarded around college football minds and backing him up with a guy like Gary Patterson, who again and all of the message board tinfoil hats are, you know, they brought Gary Patterson in to fire Quitkowski and slide Gary Patterson and we made jokes about that, but like you know, Patterson being able to back him up and help with game playing and help with scheming is only going to be a, a net positive for Texas. But again at the risk of like sunshine pumping we do have to say there is a again, we have to see it texas has been talented and air quotes well coached for a long time and so we have to, th- this is a prove it year for all of these guys. And again, proving it is not 12 wins. Proving it is eight wins and not getting embarrassed by Bama. Like that, that's what proving it is. And, and maybe getting embarrassed by Bama is like a, a stretch because like Bama's, I think Bama's just going to cruise through everybody. Like Will Anderson is, he's going to start a Heisman campaign even though they're cowards and they won't give it to him. But like, Going in and looking like you belong on the same field is proving it this year. Nobody expects twelve wins. And if you do, you're crazy, right? <laughs> this is a five and seven team last year. That's what their record is. Vegas has the over under at eight and a half. If they hit eight and four, nine and three, I'm dancing in the streets.
1: Yep. And 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 I think to do that, we have said it a few times on this podcast, just to put a button in it. It is yep. improvement on the defensive side of the ball. It's not it has to be win four games just with the defense alone pick sixes hey guys i would love that let's generate some pressure let's generate some turnovers let's generate some interceptions let's take those to the house do all of those things great i'd love it but we don't have to have that every game and i think our offense is good enough has enough upside that if you can just hold the hold the line a bit um you know it it will be very interesting and we'll we'll talk about in our preview Uh, our overall kind of season preview with the big 12 where they're at offensively what innovations besides probably going fast continuing to run the ball but maybe just with tempo being in it's going to be a really interesting year uh in big 12 as maybe the pendulum shifts as as it as it has done a few times um and uh a lot of the the big time offensive playmakers uh have have um there aren't as many teams concentrated with as many uh, of those as we've had in years past it, it does feel like probably the the most dangerous two of the most dangerous three or four in the conference are on the other side of the ball for Texas and uh, so certainly um, if there's a year to prove it this feels like it could be one so I'm I'm excited to see if 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 uh, ultimately um, you see Patterson become PK's new uh, Jimmy lake right they a second second defensive genius or i guess you know brain trust in purple seemed to work before so let's see if it uh, if it can work again with these two.
0: We don't need them to be world beaters. We just need them to not get beat all the time. So that brings us to the part of the show where we can officially whip around the rest of campus and see what's going on and we down the 40. Joyous Days happiest of high holidays to you all. The 2022-2023 athletic season is officially underway with the soccer team's five-nil win over Lipscomb to start the official regular season. They had a um, an exhibition before that, but the first game that counts in the wins and losses record was this weekend over Lipscomb and a big offensive outing from the Horns.
1: Everyone knows the Lipscomb Bison uh you know when they come to town i definitely didn't have to look that up um but yeah no this this is a this is a great start exactly what you'd want because it gets real tough for the uh, the soccer team as uh north carolina and florida two perennial powerhouses uh come into austin uh as they kick off uh, a season tournament there but getting to play a lot at home for a team that has some big expectations but uh looks good to open it just the way you want
0: Emily Jane Cox didn't take much time. Seven minutes into the season, scored her first goal. Uh, Liz Worden recorded a brace in minutes 27 and 73. Uh, Jilly Shimkin and Cameron Brooks broke those up, adding a goal between each. Next up for Texas, this weekend, they've got North Carolina and, and Florida on Thursday and Sunday. Uh, Baylor is also going to pick up games against those two teams, all in Austin. You can catch them on Longhorn network another big matchup coming to town volleyball one of our favorite sports to watch and cover kyle takes on number seven ohio state on the road heading to columbus top 10 matchup right out the gate i'm excited i'm so hyped to see volleyball back kyle it's the most wonderful time of the year
1: yeah that's number two ranked volleyball um so these are high expectation times Uh, they they reloaded as they lost some talent they they brought a bunch in in the portal this year so this is a team that it's it's honestly finding uh coach Elliott's best rotation out there right there's they're like 10 or 11 deep and that that's what you have to be right you have to be as you get into the the uh tournament time so this will be a really good test to start it off they've had some uh some good success against the the vaunted big 10 uh, volleyball, uh, you know, the self declare. They think of themselves as the, the SEC football of the volleyball world. Um, and they're good. They're very good. The whole conference is good. It's, it's no doubt. But they they definitely, they think they automatically have wins. So it's always fun. Hopefully they can start with a Big Ten win in Big Ten country.
0: Go into Big Ten country and come out with a massive W and finally, Kyle. You know, watch list award list season is your favorite time of year. And capping off a relatively successful uh, watch list season, at least for these two guys, uh, Bijan Robinson and Xavier Worthy were both named AP Associated Press preseason All-Americans. Bijan first team running back, Xavier Worthy second team wide receiver. Incredible honors for those two. And I love the way that these guys respond because both both, both of them basically would say things like "Gotta work." Time to keep working. That's, anytime something like that happens, that's the refrain from those two. And two guys that are already working really hard, if they can get to this level of billing, the offense could be pretty nice this year.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt the talent is there in those two guys uh, for viewers to have a couple to lean on and, and the line to uh, – to make them look good, right? As, a, as an offensive lineman, you you can make your running back look good, but your running back can also make you look good. Or, you know, if you can hold just long enough that your receiver can take a, you know, a seven-yard pass and turn it into a 70-yard pass, it makes you look good at the end of the day. So um, I the, the talent is absolutely there. You know, the, when we had Fozzie on and the way he talked about Bijan, I mean, as a guy who'd done it at a high level and been around some some really all-time great running backs at Texas and and no one who, who watches and knows Bijan doesn't think that he has he has that caliber of talent um and, and hopefully has that season queued up and ready to go. The uh the end of the year invited to New York maybe uh type of season. And it's hard for running backs to do that in this day and age, but he's legitimately the best in the country
0: if bichon ends up getting it has a good enough season to get invited to new york this year then texas has overperformed in a lot of ways (laughs) and i'm not going to be mad about it but that brings us to the part of the show where we honor one of the best traditions in all of college athletics big bertha and we bang the drum brought to you by joe ruiz so kyle what are you banging the drum on this week
1: not unrelated gerald c4 energy raising canes onyx trading cards robot clothing scott bros by kendra scott dazn athletic brewing non-alcoholic beer some nft company cameo center Tex having his own line lamborghini i think you know i'm still talking about Bijan. um nil is fun right like we know there's two minds of it it, it is um Dakoldis Crawford doing an air conditioning commercial, which is amazing. Hopefully, Kool Aid McKinnistry getting one. Um, we have brought guests on from each of our opponents to pitch their best nil. Hopefully, uh, the SIDs are listening to these uh, podcasts. Actually, hopefully they're not. But uh, <laughs> but you know, it, it, there's 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 the the hey we're finding a way to pay players and every player makes a salary or whatever, which is a thing, and I don't want to get into. Um, but this nil is fun like it really legitimately is fun when players get deals. And I don't know that anyone, all those brands I just listed are all brands that Bijan has represented. I'm sure there's more um, that some that I'm missing in my exhausted uh, research. Um, but I don't know that anyone is is NILing better than Bijan from this perspective, from monetizing your personal brand. Um, and I think that was evident this week when, uh, you know, he, he found that all those deals I listed just weren't fully cut in the mustard that, you know, uh, that there was still more that, uh, you know, he could poop on, uh, put on, um, the resume, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it's
0: there, needed to spice it up a bit.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I don't want to go into yellow journalism here to, to, to really, uh, say how great this is, but, um, but no, I mean enough of the, the, the mustard, uh, Puns, right? Like I, I've mustered all the courage I can to, to go through this list, but that's it. That's the last one. I promise. Uh, Bijan, if you missed it, if you missed it this week, it's the greatest thing I think in the general sports world. And there seemed to be a consensus on that, um, but certainly in the in the Longhorn world, Bijan Robinson launched a condiment, much like Dijon mustard. We have Bijan Mustardson. Um, I think seven ninety five is what it's going for right now. If you could track it down and find it. Um, Gerald has already declared. Throw out all other mustards. Um, this is what we will all Get be using. Uh, By your, buy your Earl Campbell links, you know, put uh, put this mustard on top, and you know, chase it with a steak from Vy Steakhouse. I guess I don't know, um, but this is uh, Texas sports. We have all the meats, and now the topics. This is my favorite nil deal. It's so hard because DeColdis Crawford was last week, but I just think this one is so cheesy. It's like a touchdown in your mouth is the tagline, and it's so ridiculous, but I love that they're leaning into it, and I just love it for Bijan. The guy deserves everything in the world.
0: The fact that you can top an Earl Campbell hot link with with a Bijan Robinson's mustard is something that is absolutely mind-boggling. I need to figure out who Mrs. Baird's can do a sponsorship with so we can get the bun, the hot link, and the mustard, like get all three of them, Mm -hmm. like who could it be? That's going to be my, like, my next project is to find out who we can get a bread sponsorship so we can have hot dog ones to go with our hot links and our mustard.
1: Who's the alum in the interim till we have the current? Who's the alum who has like the protein cookies? Uh... There's a, I'm, I'm I'm blanking, but it's one of a former players started like a
0: a elite sweets elite sweets
1: yeah surely they have a a, a Hawaiian uh, role they can put out a, a sweet bread uh, roll that this can <laughs> go in in the interim until we can get uh, we can get, figure out how to squeeze. Uh, you know, uh, squeeze that for one of our 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 many many big fellas. Um, I don't know who deserves it. We maybe have a hot dog eating contest. Whoever eats the most hot dogs gets to have the elite sweets bun <laughs> uh, endorsement. I don't know, but either way, that sounds like an off season task.
0: Side note: Michael Taffy needs a candy sponsorship. After la- after helping Texas True. land Arch Manning, Michael Taffy needs a candy shop to sponsor him. But I'm here to talk about. The simplest thing in the world, and I'm guilty of it, but we are 12 days, 11 days, as you're listening to this, away from the kickoff of football. This has been the off seasoniest off-season I have ever off-seasoned that I can remember in recent history. And we are all chomping at the bit for actual sports to talk about. It's week zero, we'll get some football on, on this Saturday, and it might, might not be good football, but we'll get some football this week. I should get everybody to cool their jets we are all me included overreacting to all of the dumbest things on the internet, whether it's a quarterback announcement and other teams making fun of it, or it's a not quarterback announcement and other teams taking shots or a goateed college football writer from another site saying dumb things, right? Like whatever it might be, let's just pump the brakes. We will have real football to talk about in 11 days. We'll have real Texas football things to talk about in 11 days. Everybody, just cool your jets, pump your brakes. It's coming. Just chill.
1: I often conflate the two uh, homonyms of football, um, the English version and the American version. There's a, I guess, at least semi-famous song um, that was popular for the England national team where they said, football's coming home. It's coming home it's coming home football's coming home we are almost single digit days it's coming home we will have real things to talk about if you can resist guys just log off take a week off take a little take a little week sabbatical from the internet um and and come back for for game day for ULM maybe maybe check make sure you have uh, your tickets and your 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 pregame all all mapped out. Come back for that uh Friday before game day, but but just you know let it go. The 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 amount of furor over uh, Hudson Card being quote air quote named starter um kind of by someone by sources and then not and and then John Bianco doing the most epic thing since he showed up without his mustache or whatever. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh like the, there was only like. 24 hours maybe 48 that that was even a story that wasn't completely shut down but the internet melted and I'm not sh- just talking about Longhorn internet the entire Aggie internet focused on taking shots at Quinn Ewers calling him you know uh, Tate Martell with a mullet or whatever and, and um, the, the entire college football internet wanted to, to, to make jokes and it's like you know what just not just Texas fans everyone just 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 calm calm down let's take a macro view we're so close to the finish line just calm down just just don't engage. Just relax. And that's all we've got for you
0: this week. When you hear us on Thursday, you'll be single digits away from the season. But, Kyle, before then, between then, where can the good folks find you on the Internet?
1: You can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Carbon. You can also follow the Texas Pregamer at
0: Texas Pregamer. You can follow me on Twitter. I am at G.H. Goodridge. Follow the show on Twitter at Longhorn Pod. Facebook and Instagram, the Longhorn Republic. Or shoot us an email, Pod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. We'll be back on Thursday, nine days from kickoff to preview the Baylor Bears capping our season preview series. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. And until then, hook them.
1: Hook them. 12 wins and 1 win.